Welcome to Real Men Feel. This is your host, author, coach, and healer, Andy Grant. Thank you for joining us today as we discuss burnout prevention. If you are feeling like you are on that razor's edge of just high stress, nonstop, afraid something's going to break and you hope it isn't you, I invite you to schedule a complimentary clarity call with me. Go to theandygrant.com slash talk while I still have some open slots for one-on-one work. Go to theandygrant.com slash talk because you deserve a life you love. My guest today is intuitive life coach, author, and trainer, Marla Williams. Marla went through the same year-long energy coaching program training that I did, and you might even experience a bit of energy work today. Marla shares her story of corporate burnout, even being told if she didn't make changes, she would die. We'll explore stress states and flow states. You'll hear some simple tips for what you can do to ease any sense of mental, emotional, or physical exhaustion you may be experiencing, and come discover the opposite of burnout. Let's do it. Hey, Marla, welcome to Real Men Feel. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. I'm very excited to talk to you. We're going to talk about burnout, which is, you know, it's kind of like always, someone's always using that phrase and complaining about it or dealing with it or asking advice for it. So I always like to start at the basics. So how would you define burnout? Burnout can be different for different people. Burnout can be everything from being stressed all the time, racing heart, anxiety, tension in the shoulders, headaches, that type of thing. It can also be someone that just feels depressed and drained because they're not happy in their life or their job or with their boss. It might be somebody who feels beat up because they're always being judged or judging themselves. So burnout can come from many different sources. And the definition of burnout is when you're just like I said, depends on the person, but when you're just exhausted, you're tired, you're not feeling good. So is that kind of the the difference between stress and burnout? Like burnout is kind of the the nth degree of a lot of stress? Yeah, because stress comes at you all the time. Stress is something that happens and our body actually has the systems within it to respond to stress and to fight off stress. But when we're in a constant state of stress, or under a lot of pressure, or unhappy, that just keeps piling on its stacks. And it builds and then it starts affecting your body and your body starts reacting, whether it's with the tension or the racing heart or the anxiety or illness, which in my case, I experienced several different times (laughs) in my life. Was it your own personal experience that got you interested in focusing on burnout? Absolutely. I think that it's now my purpose and my passion, but your life story really dictates who you are and what you're supposed to be doing in life. And my life story was I was a very successful executive helping grow a $12 million company into a $2.3 billion company, but I kept getting stress-related diseases along the way that stopped me flat. And I'd have to go out and heal myself and come back. And at the end, the third time, my doctor said to me, Marla, if you don't stop, you will die. So basically, I was kind of, you know, the burnout comes from three things, I think. One of them is that high-driven stress person that's type A, that's a perfectionist and really cares about what people think and wants to meet everybody's expectations and doesn't say no, which was my story the first time. Once I got on top of that and figured out how to heal that, my second problem was getting to a job I didn't love. And so I get depressed. And so... And the third time it was a bad boss. And so there's, you need to understand that you need to listen to your body. In every single one of those, my body told me to stop and to re-look at my life. But I didn't know how to stop or how to re-look at my life at that point, right? I had to figure it out. 
What are some of the specifics? Like, what is your body telling you? Is Are you talking more intuition or early signs of disease? Or what was that like? So the first time it was early signs of disease, you know, the constant stress. So what happened to me is I had, you know, constant aches and pains and I just wasn't working right. And then one day I couldn't get out of bed. I didn't know why. And I went to the doctor and this was in the 80s and it was before chronic fatigue was a thing, but basically I had Epstein-Barr virus, which it took them four months. They kept telling me it was in my head and to just think positive. Well, I'm the most positive person I know. So it wasn't, they told me to go home and rest and all I could do was rest because I had no energy. But when they finally gave me a diagnosis, it's not the diagnosis that's important. It's important to figure out how to re- energize your body if you're exhausted. And what I heard on the radio during the period of time when I was trying to figure out what was wrong with me, because I was dragging myself to work and getting through the workday, but I could hardly lift my limbs. I was so exhausted. And I heard on the radio that if you try yoga, this is in the 80s before yoga was big, if you try yoga, you will have energy. So I went home from work that day and said to my husband, will you drive me to this yoga class? I don't have the energy to get there, but I want to go see if it really will give me energy. And it did. And yoga changed my life the first time. So it was that yoga slowing your brain down because I was a fast thinker. And I think anybody who is going all the time from thing to thing to thing, and you're just always on, your body isn't able to run like that. It's created to protect you, fight or flight in dangerous situations, but you're not meant to live there. And that's what I was doing. And that's what put me into that chronic fatigue point. My doctor told me I'd always have it, but with the yoga and all the work that I do, I don't have any signs or anything of chronic fatigue because I know how to keep energy, good energy in my body. So we talked a lot about energy already, and I know that that we have had some similar training in reading energy and using energy to help people. So at what point in your own experience, in your own journey of dealing with burnout, did you discover those energy tools? Yeah, I didn't discover those till years later. The first intro into energy was yoga. Because I physically felt this thing in my body starting to, it's like my legs that I couldn't lift. All of a sudden, I could lift my legs and I could actually feel a tinkling in my legs. And I hadn't had feeling in a couple months because of the fatigue. And all of a sudden, so I realized at that point there was energy, but a learning energy tools like you and I know came after all the other things that I went through. But along the way, I was learning energy and I didn't realize it. So when I went to this event about energy and started to get trained as a coach, an energy coach, it opened up my eyes as to why all those other things worked. I didn't really realize I was just finding my way. And, you know, a lot of times you get sick and you get burned out and you get stuck and you don't know what to do except for maybe rest or take a vacation. There's so many things you can do to prevent it, but no doctor could tell me what to do. I had to find my way. And I just kind of documented my travels and figured out what worked for me. And that's what now as a life career and business coach, I share with others and teach them so they don't get in that same stuck, overwhelmed, tired, exhausted six point to the doctor saying, you're going to die if you don't stop. I protect people from getting there. It seems like one of the things working against us to not become burnt out, to not just live in this high stress state, is that so many of the things that you shared, being driven, being perfectionist, being type A, those are all seemingly rewarded by society. Those are actually like, it's almost like that's what you'd say in a job interview. You know, what's your worst aspect? Oh, I'm a perfectionist. Like, you, you know, it's this negative that's seen as a positive and it's, it's almost glorified at times. So, you know, how do you balance, you know, your personal truth and energy level with that message? Yeah, 
And let me, can I back up a little bit on that question and kind of walk you through an evolutionary concept? When you're born, you're born with natural intuition and you're actually in a very calm state. So you're in the state that I teach people to get back to when you're zero to like seven years old. You may be busy and active, but you're not stressed. You're doing it in a flow zone, which kids do. As you get older, it becomes really important to you how you fit in and whether you get the right grades, get in the right college, go to school, to get the right job, to make all the money, right? So all of a sudden, all those things are putting the pressure on you. It's the outside expectation and it's fitting in that causes that pressure on you that starts to burn you out. But if you were to continue, and some people do, to live in that flow state all the way through those years and follow your passion, you end up not ever getting stressed because you're doing exactly what you're meant to do. And so what I do is I take people back to what it is that they are really passionate about and love because then you don't get in that. And it's not about I mean, I was born type eight. My dad worked all the time. I didn't even see him for like six months of the year because he was in a CPA with his own firm and the counting tax time, you didn't see him, right? And so that was my role model. That's what I learned. And that came in green. It gets auto-programmed in us. Now I work hard. I get a lot done. I probably do twice as much as I used to do when I was under stress, because when you're under stress, think about it. When you're tight and you're tense and, and your head isn't working as well, your body isn't working as well, and you're not as productive. When you're light and free and feel good, you are a lot more creative, a lot more productive, and you actually get more done in less time. And you're more effective. And people connect with you more because you're running at this really good energy versus that tired out, exhausted, drained energy. So there's a true advantage to learn how to get back in what I call the being zone from the doing zone, which is what we learn from like age fifth grade up, right? You know, one thing that I tell clients often is that, especially for people that aren't used to, you know, we're talking energy, what does that mean? Uh, you know, but we're all, mm-hmm. we can all tell when we feel tightness, when we feel stress and our bodies literally contract and the, the whole, yes. you know, you hunch over your keyboard and you, uh, your face scrunches up and, oh, I got to get this done. And the boss is yelling at me and things are going wrong. Uh, and that constriction makes everything more difficult, right? right. So that's the really right. the stress zone. That's the forcing everything zone. So is that the doing zone, as you were saying? That's the doing zone. And basically, when you're that tight and that tense, if you think about it, the energy can't run through your system because there are actually energy channels. Your blood vessels, your everything tightens up. That's when your blood pressure goes up, your cholesterol goes bad, all those other things impact you because you are so tight and tense. And so learning to live in the zone, the flow, loosens all that and actually makes you more productive. So then- can there be a positive side to burnout? Like if we listen early, is it life telling you you're supposed to be doing something else, but you ignore that? Is that the road to burnout? I think burnout was a gift every time it came to me because I learned a lesson. I think everything in life that's a challenge, that if you learn something from it, you're going to get better. And burnout's just one of them. It's though when people keep doing the burnout, I know too many people and I've coached people who were close to death, but too many people that have died at too young of age because they burned themselves out and their body shut down, which is what my doctor warned me about. I almost went there, right? I changed my life later in life into one that's more flow state. And so, yeah, it's a gift. It's a message. It's learning to listen. Part of what I teach is really listen to every sign and ask, why are my shoulders tense? Because headaches aren't normal. Tension in your shoulders aren't normal. Racing heart is not normal. Those are all stress responses. 
those are all things because you're tightening up. So I used to pop pills. So I, it was always over the counter stuff. I wasn't taking anything, but now I do nothing over the counter, nothing. My whole life is just a flow because I don't get headaches. I don't get tension. Once in a while, lift weights, do some, get tight shoulders, but not as much stress tension as what I'll say. Or if it shows up, I pull it right out. And that's kind of the energy thing we're talking about is you don't let it sit in you because then it just gets tighter and tighter. You have to release it. One thing I discovered in my journey learning to read energy and being an energy coach was how much stress I carried that it wasn't mine. Like I, I truly was storing and carrying other people's energies. And once you realize that, I could get rid of it too. Yeah. And a good way to describe that to your audience is the way I describe it to my clients when I'm first working with them. You walk in a party and there's someone in there that's the life of the party and everybody's gathering around because they have this great energy and they fill you up being around them. They make you laugh. They make everything lighthearted. Then there's a guy in the corner going, oh, the food's bad. This place, why am I even here? Nobody goes around him because he's draining. And so the energy of other people that you're around can either lift you up, fill up your vase or drain your vase if you consider yourself a vase, a vessel. And what you want is to learn how to surround yourself with people you like, do things that you like to do, and all of those things fill you up. Watching TV, I don't know about you, but one of the things I learned in the training program that both of us went through is how draining TV is. I quit watching TV in 2012. I have not watched the news excuse me, not just TV, I watch sports programs, et cetera. But I do not watch the news and have not watched it since 2012 because if it bleeds, it leads and it drains you. I just go to my phone, I read the headlines, I read the ones I want to read. And so all these people during COVID and this whole political thing were all just getting so exhausted and drained. And I'm going, but watching the news, that's what's draining you. Do things you like to do. Focus on things you like. Read good books, go out to the beach, do things that lift you up and you're going to feel okay. And when they did, they did. And so many people have come back to me and said, I had no idea how much that half hour an evening or an hour an evening was affecting my whole psyche. What do you say to the pessimists of the world? And I certainly was one for a long time. We can't all just do what we want. We, you know, I've got to, I'm tied to this job. I need the check. Jobs are hard to find. I can't just go find something that, that isn't nonstop stress. What do you say to that? I say everybody has a choice. And if you choose to stay in that job, that's how you're going to feel. And I have taken so many people. I just took a lawyer from being a lawyer in a really bad environment and a really stressful situation into being an integrative nutrition coach. She's on my radio show tomorrow. So everybody has the opportunity to change. I've helped people find, there was a guy that I coached and he got sick before work every day. He was physically throwing up because he hated his job so much. He never wanted to do that, but he ended up with a family. He had to support him. He kept working at all those years and it was getting closer to retirement. He goes, I can't do this anymore. So it was physically getting sick. When he went on vacation, he was fine, but before work. And so we started getting him interested in what he wanted to do in the first place, was, which was produce documentaries. So he started doing his training and started doing learning on the side. That filled him up. He ended up producing, volunteering and producing a documentary for a global nonprofit that was amazing. And he had that opportunity because we worked on that. So work never was kind of a side issue now. He'd go to work, he'd find what he liked there. He looked for what was good in his, like he liked his office. The grounds of the place was good. That's about all he liked. So he focused on making his space nice. And he focused every single day and went out for a walk on the grounds because that lifted him up. 
And then the rest of it was just get the work done so I could go home and work on my documentary, right? And that picked him up. And now he's retired and he's full-time doing that stuff and he couldn't be happier. One of the most unhappy people I've ever coached was actually owned eight companies. He had been an Olympic athlete twice, successful Olympic athlete, and was one of the most unhappiest people I knew because he kept doing everything because it was expected. He wanted his parents to be proud of him. They wanted them to say good job and they never did. So he kept pushing to try to get that and he was never going to earn it. That's not how they thought. And so we changed. So he learned to love himself. He sold off some of his companies and started a nonprofit that was he was passionate about. And his whole demeanor, his whole relationship with his wife, his family, everything changed as a result of those decisions. Oh, yeah, that's a great reminder that so many people say, I'm trapped. I don't have a choice. Like, no, I mean, you're choosing to see yourself as trapped. You're choosing to feel that you have no choice, but those are all choices that we're making. Absolutely. One thing I really love about you sharing some of your experiences and your, and your clients when I felt stressed out and burnt out, like, oh, I'm sick of this. I just, I thought I had to do my, I thought my only choice was stay or just cut it clean. And now I tell people it's way better to build a bridge than a cliff. Yes. So if you realize, oh, I'm so burnt out. I can't take one more day. The only choice isn't just quit your job and start all over. It's focus on what does feel good. Bring a little bit of relief into some aspect of your day. Exactly. Just stopping and breathing makes a big difference. We all shallow breathe. And so we're not oxygenating our system. And so then that tightens us more. The more you breathe and spend time outdoors, the better you're going to feel. And that helps you with that job. My suggestion, you know, never cut it off. But if I've worked with people who have lost their job, it wasn't even a choice. And they went from this great high paying job that they thought was should be doing in life into going, what am I going to do? And we end up doing solely something different where all of a sudden for the first time in their life, they're actually excited about going to work. They're actually feeling good inside. They're actually healthier and happier than they've been in their entire life because they're finally following their heart versus their head. And that's a big thing that I work with clients on is understanding that we do what we do because of this automatic programming, a subconscious inside of us. And when we can understand the things that are preventing us from having the life we want, clear those things and just start moving towards what you do love, your life transforms. Indeed. Cool. Now we're definitely talking about, and I usually hear burnout in regards to a job, a career. Can some other aspect of life burn you out? Yeah, a lot of people came to me during the last year because the family situation, everybody in one place, everybody working, trying to have kids in school, a lot of burnout came from just trying to manage your home, right? Or being people, actually, when you go into depressed state, you go into a burnout state. People that were depressed about being alone. A lot of people are so used to always being with people when they all of a sudden had to just be by themselves, they didn't know how to do that. And that's a healthy thing to learn how to do is learn how to be really comfortable with yourself and happy in your life without anybody else in it. And it's hard for people to do, and especially men, not to pick on your (laughs) group, (laughs) your sex, but it's true. When I've coached women, they get it faster in that thing. But men, it's really hard to be by yourself. But it it just depends on your upbringing, your situation. And those that do, guys that like to just go out, I'm going to go out and fish. I'm going to go out and do some fly fishing. That is a great thing to do to reboot your system. And you're by yourself and you're happy and you're calm and you're just throwing that line back and forth. It doesn't matter if you catch a thing, right? It's the experience. So why do you think it's more challenging for men to just be still? Most men, and I have a lot of male clients. I probably am close to 50 50. 
a lot of my male clients operate what I call more in their head than in their heart. And it's harder for them to learn to operate in their heart. But in reality, the heart is the most powerful brain in your body. Your heart is considered a brain and they've proven this scientifically. Your gut is a brain. It's connected by the vagus nerve up to your brainstem and feeds information. 90% of the messages from your gut go up. But men have a hard time listening to their heart, listening to their gut, because that's listening to your body. That's getting kind of too touchy-feely, right? But men, when you do learn how to feel, when you do learn how to do that, you become powerful because that's where your intuition lies and that's where you really know if you're doing the right thing or not. It's the head and the judgment and the stuff that keeps you stuck or keeps you stressed or keeps you unhealthy. Yeah, and I find that it goes into, you mentioned the upbringing, the training, what society says and rewarding that that action only and that I'm in protector mode or I'm in breadwinner mode or I'm in fast achieving mode or I've got to the top of the ladder or whatever, you know, and the ladder can be, you know, work, fishing, you know, we have ladders yeah. for everything of where a guy thinks he has to get to the top <laughs> of it. I remember one of the earliest meditations I ever did was just this relaxation one and it just inviting your energy to drop from your head down into your heart and I could really feel it. And it was like, take an elevator and let yourself drop it down deeper into your body. It was like, wow, I feel so different. And you know, I find lots of guys through yoga or even you know, working out in some other way, they might feel their body for the first time. Yeah. And that can be transformative. Yes. Yes. Like I felt yoga was energy for the first time. And I have a really good exercise I take people through. I don't know if you do exercises. You might have too many people driving. I don't know. But I do have an exercise that does exactly what you talked about that gets people not only down into their body and into their heart, but it's a active meditation that takes them from where they don't want to be into where they want to be. I don't know if you want me to take your listeners through an experience or not. Sure, let's try it. Does that work? Okay, guys, this is okay for guys to do. My male clients absolutely love this once they learn it and they use it because it actually gives them power. And men love to be in charge and feel in control, right? And this exercise does that. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to start with breathing. I'm just going to close my eyes so I get into the zone. Feel free if you're listening to close your eyes too, because it's going to be more powerful for you. In fact, you have to close it for part of the exercise. So we're just going to take a deep breath in through our nose and we're going to breathe in confidence and calm. And I want you to feel your body, your stomach, everything expand as you breathe in. And then you release through your mouth, releasing all stress and anxiety and overwhelm or burnout. Again, a deep breath in full of calm and confidence. And release through your mouth anything that doesn't serve you. One last time, a deep breath in. And release through your mouth. That alone will put you in a calmer state. Now what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to keep your eyes closed and I want you to just roll your eyeballs up to your forehead. Up like you're trying to look at the top of your head, but your eyelids are closed. That's going to put you in a slower state, brainwave state, just doing that. Now we're going to lower our eyes, part where you're going to look left through your eyelids and right and kind of take your eyes back and forth, left and right. And that's going to continue to calm you. Now you're going to lower your eyes down towards your chin, and in front of you is a staircase. And we're going to go down that staircase, and every step we take, we're going to get into a calmer, present state of being, because that's where you're going to be most productive and creative. And so we're going 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 
getting more relaxed. Five, four, three, two, one. Now in front of you is a screen like a big movie screen in white. And it's you in your present situation. Whether you're under stress or strain or feeling burned out or feeling like you can't see a way out, see yourself in that situation on that screen, all the stress and all the stuff that comes with it. Now, and what you're doing, you're looking at the screen, by the way, I forgot, you're having your eyes up at like a 20 degree angle behind your closed eyelids, that you're kind of looking up at the screen. And so see yourself in today's life that you don't like anything you want to fix, see yourself that. Now turn your head about two inches to the left and there's a new screen in front of you. And in that screen, you're seeing yourself with solutions starting to show up. You're seeing the stress starting to melt away. You're seeing people being more helpful. You're seeing things starting to work in your crazy life that you couldn't control a few minutes ago. Now we're going to move our face two more inches to the left. And again, look up at that 20 degree angle and you're going to see that third screen. And in that screen, you've resolved all those issues. you found new solutions. you found the new job. You've made amends with whoever. Whatever you were working on, you can seeing it fixed and you feel amazing. Your heart is full because you feel so proud and so happy and so content with your current life. It just fills your body up from head to toe. Just sit in that great energy of being successful, knowing you've accomplished and overcome that issue. And then now turn your head back to those stars. And we're going to go up on a, to five. One, two, three, four, five. And now take a deep breath and open your eyes. How did that feel? Very nice. Very nice. It was interesting. As soon as I had the stairway, I mean, like, ah, oh, like <laughs> I was already like, oh, good. Yeah, yeah, the, the deeper state was already there. So if you were driving, uh, operating heavy machinery or on cold medicine during that time, I encourage you to come back, listen to that again. You know, that's one of the, the things I love about energy work is that it's so simple. Image making, your imagination, that's energy work. And picturing something and choosing to create new pictures in your mind just gives you the space for for better feeling life and a more balanced state of your own energy and being. And yeah. And, you know, they've understood this in the East, in the Asian countries for centuries, thousands and thousands of years. But the U.S. has solved stress and some of that with meds. And meds don't always work with how your body's supposed to work. And so learning to do the breathing, learning to do the visualization, learning to calm your system, to operate from that quieter place, because you're, you're quieter now, you're calmer. I can feel your energy change from when we started. When you learn to do that, you will have a calmer, happier life. And I learned the hard way. I was in my head all the time. And I was driven and I didn't know how to, I couldn't meditate in the beginning. I couldn't turn my head off. So I had to learn active meditation, which is what that was, or walking through the woods and being really in tune to the birds and the squirrels and everything around me because I couldn't shut off. And I find a lot of my guy clients are that same way. And some women, it's hard to shut off because you just have so much responsibility sitting on your shoulders. You feel like you have to keep bringing in that level of income and you have to do this and you have to take care of your family. And you have, you know, there's so many have tos. You got to get some want tos in yeah. there. Yeah, it's so counterintuitive 
we're in a society and a pace of change of, you know, do, do, do and action, action. And, you know, how can it be that if I calm down, I'm better at my action? Like that just doesn't make sense. But it's true time and time again. Yes. Yes. And when people experience it, when I have clients that just don't want to stop, that just want to stay on that fast pace, but I get them to slow down and try some different things. They're coming back to me. They're going, oh my gosh, you won't believe how much I got done this last week when I did it from a calm place. You had me do my morning work, you know, and I have clients that tell me, because I have these five steps I have everybody do every day. I go, when I don't do them, I have a bad day. When I do do them, I always have a good day. What's with that? Right? It's because you're starting from a calm place full of intention and focus instead of just hitting the road running and going with whatever hits you. What is your favorite term, if there is one, for the opposite of burnout? Oh, it's my, I coined this, it's in my book. I love this. The art of happiness is in the pause. I sign all my books with that. Because when you stop and pause, think about it. Where do you go on vacation? Where do people go on vacation? The beach? because they need to pause. What if pause was part of your everyday life? I love that. I could extend that. It could say the art of happiness, creativity, and productivity is in the pause. Thomas Edison's great example. Let me share my Thomas Edison story. He invented how many things? 10,000 things, right? He had a lot of patents, a lot of inventions. He used to sit at his desk with his hands with two balls in each hand, with them sitting on his lap, So he just had these two balls and he'd start to fall asleep. And as soon as his body went into the theta state, into that dream state, the balls would fall out of his hands and he'd sit up and he'd start writing whatever had come to him. Because when you're in that calm state is when you get your best ideas. And some of the most famous inventors and artists and musicians that you've ever heard of in your life all realize that. That's where they got their brilliance. (sighs) Is it ever too late? Can someone be so... Burnt out that there's no turning back, there's no recovery? No, because I got to that state, remember? I was told I was was going to die if I didn't stop. My adrenal glands were shutting down. And so, yeah, I got to the peak. I didn't go to the near-death experience, but I went to, you could be at the near-death experience if you don't stop. And I brought myself back. It was work. It wasn't easy. When you're at that stage, it's a lot harder than when you're just stressed all the time. I can turn your life around really fast if you're in the earlier stages. But once your body starts having illnesses, constant headaches, constant tension, constant backache, constant whatever your problems are, all illness is related to this stress response because the stress tightens your body and it inflames your body and the inflammation in your body causes the illness. It's all related. So when you can get on top of your head, and learn to operate in your body, your heart, and your gut in combination with your logical head. You know, we only use about 5% of our conscious brain. You've heard that, right? The left and right brain. Most of it's our subconscious based on our auto-programming. And so it's learning to kind of learn from that voice because it's giving you messages you need to hear messages from, but quieting it, learning from it, and then operating from your heart, gut, and your conscious brain. So tell me about your burnout prevention roadmap. Yeah. So I have a new course. I'm very excited. I finally have taken all this knowledge that I have and I put it into a six-week course. And it's the burnout prevention road, the burnout prevention formula, where I'm taking people from semi-burned out or stressed and learning what to do to prevent going to total burnout and building these things into your life so you can live a life in the flow or the being zone like I do. 
you know, in my book and a famous saying is we're not human doings, we're human beings. So I teach people to be human beings again, right? And then that puts them in a calmer state. It's really moving from kind of a burnout feeling into a bliss state in just six weeks. That course is starting in, in April. Yeah. Excellent. And so this is about kind of daily practices, rituals, how to keep yourself calm, how to get that breathing practice or movement practice. It's all sort of, is that along the lines? Yeah. So I set this class up so it's one hour a week because stressed out people do not have a lot of time or energy to spend learning. They have too much to do. And so I made it an hour work and I'm making it interactive so they stay engaged through the training. And then they have little things they need to do and add on to their schedule, but they're simple enough that anybody can do them and they're going to start making them feel better. So they're going to want to do them. If someone's listening and they're like, I can't go to work one more day tomorrow. I just, I'm not, I'm just, they're at the breaking point. And maybe a doctor has told them or hasn't told them, but they feel like they're going to die if they go in one more time. What's the best advice for like in the now moment, what to do with that feeling? Stop and breathe. And I have a little tool, and I think you know this tool too, that I have people use to just get them into a calmer state. And so let's just run through it real quick. Is you stop and do the three-part breathing that you already learned. And now what I want you to do is I want you to visualize that you have a bubble floating above your head. And in that bubble is a magnet. It's the most powerful magnet in the world. And I want you to just feel that magnet pulling that stress, that overwhelm, that complete at the end of the road feeling out of you where it's just getting sucked right out of you. It's getting pulled out and pulled out and pulled out. And that bubble's getting bigger and bigger and darker and darker. And you just keep pulling it out and pulling it out. So all that tension and that fear and that anxiety is just getting sucked right out of you. The tension out of your shoulders, the headache, everything's just getting pulled out. And when you feel lighter, you feel more comfortable, you can reach out and touch that bubble. So now that you breathe and you've gotten yourself in a calmer state, you can logically go about what do I need to change and ask yourself that. And call Marlon. <laughs> Set up an appointment. I'm here to help you. And I think you can help him too. Cool. So what's the best way for people to find more information about the burnout prevention formula, your class? Okay. So I, you can go to my website, www.marlawilliams.net. And I will soon have a link. I've been working on it and things tech. I'm not the tech wizard. So technically things aren't where they're supposed to be today, where I was going to tell you exactly the link to go to. But if you go to marlawilliams.net and by it'll be posted also below this webcast, what the link is for you to go to, to learn about the class or to learn about talking with me. I do comp calls right at front. So I'm always happy to talk to people to see if I'm a good match. Sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not. Well, yeah, burnout, especially, you know, we're in the pandemic of COVID still and all the issues that it brought. And it seems to have brought, you know, an epidemic of burnout as well for either worry and stress about the people that still aren't getting any, any sort of income. They're really struggling. And then other people seem to be working harder than ever to keep up with the pace of change and acceleration and and the fact that maybe everybody isn't isn't around helping as much as they used to. So, yeah, there's never been a more crucial time on the planet for humans to rise above stress and burnout. And to realize, you know, again, it's the simplest tools that can make us feel so much better and different. And in an instant, you can see how much better you felt just after the few that we've done. And I'm sure any listeners that were following along also felt lighter. And that's the key is don't run in tension and tightness and headaches. Pull that stuff out. And then you can operate more calmly with moving forward. Is there anything that stands out that you wish more men knew? That it's okay to feel, which is your message. It's okay to listen to your heart. Your heart is your intuition. 
when you were young, you listened to it. Watch a young child, watch your grandchild or your child and watch them follow their heart. I had one that loved to build things and he always did that. The other was all about balls and outside and would knock down puzzles or knock down blocks. So you just have to learn to reconnect with your body and listen to your heart. And if men can do that, and the clients I have have learned to do that, they're still macho, they're still cool, they're still CEOs, organizations, or CFOs, or whatever, but they've learned to listen. And they're actually so much more powerful in that space. Awesome. Yeah, I I say often that authenticity and vulnerability are superpowers that most men aren't taking advantage of. But not only can men be more in their hearts, but we need to. Too many men are in perpetual burnout. And they just almost choosing what's going to burn me out today, right? It's just this top speed only. There's so little enjoyment or pleasure, you know, satisfaction, meaning is missing. Yeah, we're only here for a limited period of time. Enjoy your life. Don't push yourself so hard that there's no enjoyment. So it's really trying to find that balance. And I realized I had a, I was a leader in a company helping lead strategic planning, everything. I understand fast pace. I understand the going doing because that's exactly what I did. And I still was working in corporate America when I learned all these new techniques and learned how to operate more effectively in a corporate world. So anybody can do it no matter what your job is, no matter what your stress is, you can learn to listen to your intuition because then you're always making the right choices and you can learn to operate in more of a calm, peaceful way. And then your life will actually be so much better. It's so easy to say, but until people actually feel it and experience it, that's why I do these exercises. Until they experience it, they don't really get it. Like I didn't. I didn't get it until I felt that energy from yoga, right? Yeah, no, I've always said energy work is much better experienced than explained because you can't. And we've yeah, given little tastes and shared some of the tools and that's really cool. So I really uh, thank you, Marla, for all the work that, the work that you've done on yourself so that you can share that work with others. That's just so crucial. Yeah. And, you know, burnout is just an epidemic. So I'm glad there's another tool, another way to release that, another way for people to realize they can make a new choice instead of just feeling like they're at the end of their rope. Exactly. Beautiful. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to us today. Please subscribe, share, follow, review, comment, whatever is the thing possible on the platform that you're watching Real Midfield, listening to Real Midfield. We appreciate that. Your support means the world to me. And there's now a link at the bottom of the show notes allowing you to give as little as 99 cents to help keep Real Midfield going and support us in reaching more men. Until next time, be good to yourself. Be good to yourself.